my golfing friends. Uh, first off, I I got to apologize to you guys. We've taken a couple of weeks off. Uh, most of that, if not all of that, you can put that one on me. I have been vacationing uh, on a different continent here for the past three plus weeks. Uh, during that time, I have made some weak attempts uh, to get uh, some people together to do a podcast, but you know, due to logistics uh, and some other uh, extenuating circumstances, it just hasn't worked out. So I really do apologize. We uh, we are going to be back here on a much more regular. Uh, weekly, if not even more, basis starting next week. Um, I, I have tried to get a hold of Casey here several times while I've been on vacation, but he's been completely MII. He's just been lawyering about, and you know, I don't have to worry at all about him listening to this podcast because he only ever listens back to the episodes that his voice is in anyway, because obviously he's got a great voice. So, I mean, that's a fairly legitimate reason. But anyway, um, we will have this all taken care of here next week. But before I jumped into it, I just figured I owed all of you guys an apology. I know uh, you expect us to be here on a little bit more of a regular basis, but hey, I've been a vacationing schlep, so you know, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I do what I can. But anyway, I, I felt it was necessary to uh, dive in a little bit to this major championship Sunday that we had a couple days ago, and uh, I, I felt really like I needed to do something like right as the tournament ended. Um, but then I kind of thought maybe it'd be a little bit better to take a day or two reflect on it a little bit, and then uh, come back with just a, just a couple of thoughts on Jordan Spieth's um, unbelievable Sunday performance at, uh, at Royal Birkdale to become, as they call it, the champion golfer of the year. Um, I thought it was one of the ballsiest, most incredible back nine performances uh, in a major that I've seen probably... I mean, shoot, just in terms of just of gutty performances, the last one that honestly comes to mind is probably Tiger, um, you know, winning on one leg. Obviously, Charles Schwartzel, who, I mean, let's be honest, none of us like, but his, you know, birdie barrage coming in the back night at Augusta well, when he won uh, was pretty impressive. But, I mean, dude, to go five under on the last five holes, um, that that is just heroically impressive stuff. And I, I don't know when the next time is that we're going to see something like that. I think a lot of the attention, and justly so, is going to be on the whole ordeal that went on on the 13th hole. I mean, first of all, I don't know about you guys, but when I saw the Pro Tracer and when that ball was going right, I was you know just thinking to myself, like, what the shit is this guy doing? Like, I, even I don't hit a flop that bad. I mean, it just all the way off on the right, and then you see those people running down the sand dunes towards the 13th hole looking for it, and I'm thinking to myself, dude, that thing was like 30 yards right of there. I, if he got a, a break and it bounced off to that location, that might be the single luckiest thing that could possibly happen, and if that is indeed the case, the golf gods are on his side, and there's no possible way that he doesn't take this thing home. Well, lo and behold, that's not his ball. After you know a little bit more searching, they find out it you know ricocheted off dude some some guy's retina, and you know he falls back towards the driver range. My question that I have, and again I'm just ranting here since I don't have somebody you know in studio or you know, I should say in my apartment here with me um, to kind of bounce this off of, but and I, I think they did you know reference it on the telecast. Granted, I was watching the um, broadcast of holes 12 through 14 on the Open.com, so I wasn't actually watching the NBC broadcast at the time. But I've never understood 
anywhere really for a driving range to be in play. And so I, I was I thought it was fascinating that the way that it turned out, he was actually able to make a drop where I feel pretty confident that in the hundred plus year history of Royal Birkdale, nobody has ever taken a drop there. <laughs> so that being said, Jordan Spieth is essentially now hitting a golf shot in one of the biggest moments on the biggest stage in all of golf that quite literally nobody has ever hit before. Like, that, just think about that for a second. Nobody has ever hit that golf shot, at least that we know about. So the fact that he got as close as he did, you know, at least got himself into a position where he was able to get up and down, very, very impressive. I think the combination um, of Spieth making that bogey putt and Kuchar missing his birdie putt, those two things together, I think despite Kuchar being one up after 13, I feel moderately safe saying that the majority of golf fans felt pretty confident that Spieth was still in a really good position. And then, you know, of course, the rest is history. He, you know, birdie, eagle, birdie, he, birdie. I mean, the fact that he went five under for his next four and then five under for the last five holes is just unbelievably historical stuff. And uh, admittedly, I was rooting for Jordan Spieth, even though I love Matt Kuchar. Uh, me and Casey have been in agreement on this on several, you know, on several occasions that we love seeing greatness and the fact that Jordan Spieth had a chance to win the third, you know, out of the four legs of the Grand Slam, and to see a guy be this successful at a young age, you're just kind of rooting for something really memorable and historical like that. But that also doesn't really give enough credit to Matt Kuchar, who, I mean, shit, dude, can you imagine? And again, I'm probably saying the same thing a thousand other people have said, but I've been completely cut off from pretty much the media. So this is just me kind of ranting on my own. And that is, can you imagine being one up? Like one up, leading an open, you know, leading a major championship with five holes to play. You play those last holes with a one-stroke lead, two under, and you basically don't even have a chance on the 18th hole. Like that, that is crazy. Like that, that is absolutely nutty to me. So I, I really do feel for Cooch. Cooch is awesome. I, I don't know why he is perpetually blushing. I mean, I know he's a happy guy, but that dude is red as a tomato i i don't understand how his face can be that red and he still is considered to be healthy by most you know medical professionals but anyway i have to admit like and as bad as i felt for cooch watching him like hug his children after the 18th hole and basically being like it's okay that actually might have been the most emotional point of the entire tournament for me outside of jordan spieth canning that eagle putt on uh on 15 which by the way i, I know a lot of people are really enjoying the whole like me, like the go get that. But as awesome as that putt was, I feel like Jordan Spieth really needs to work on his celebration game. For some reason, when he makes a really clutch putt, I just don't get the same level of stokedness that I do when Tiger throws a huge fist pump out there or, or something like that. It just, I mean, the, the combination of like the go get that to his caddy Mike, which you know, again, I found to be almost a little more awkward than anything else. And then, you know, the very kind of reserved, you know, celebration that he had when he made his final putt on 18. That is my honest to God, only, only criticism of Jordan Speed. I think he needs to be a little bit more dramatic when it comes to his own celebrations. I think it would, uh, it would help golf fans really get inside his mind of how fucking stoked he really is. So, um, other than that, man, I mean, there is so much stuff out there to read on the internet, uh, listen to in terms of podcasts of how this thing went down. Um, 
I, I encourage you to go, you know, read as much as you can if you haven't already. I mean, it was just a really tremendous golf tournament, and I wanted to get on here uh, and apologize to you guys for not being back here sooner. And then, but I'll also just share some of my thoughts on kind of what happened on that back nine. I mean, it was a crazy tournament. It, it was really, really good. I would say, in terms of the quality of tournament, as good as the back nine was, I still may give the edge to the full final day duel between Henrik and Phil. Although I think there's a very, very legitimate argument um, to be made that this one might have been even more impressive just from an individual standpoint. I think just the pure spectacle of watching Henrik and Phil go back and forth like that was just super, super awesome. But I also think that Royal Brookdale was a slightly better golf course. Um, now, that being said, I didn't really get to see a whole lot of it. Uh, I mean, not, not to bore the shit out of you guys with the, you know, <laughs> yeah, you guys are all supposed to feel super bad for me because I'm traveling, you know, right now and it's a little bit more difficult for me to watch the open than usual but essentially i was unable to get my vpn to work all fucking weekend to the point where the only means that i had of watching this tournament was watching the feed for humbles 12 13 and 14 from the open.com so essentially from thursday until sunday morning all i had was watching guys play the 12th 13th and 14th holes and then the open radio and so finally when sunday rolls around i was like you know what there is no fucking way that I'm going to let this thing happen where I can't watch the entire back nine on Sunday at the Open Championship. So I go through, I find every last fucking email that I possibly have access to. I finally find a VPN that's offering a 500 megabyte, you know, sample uh, for people to be able to jump on and test their stuff out. But, you know, because of the VPN and it's wiring stuff back to the States and then wiring it back to Spain where I am right now. You know, 500 megabytes lasts about eh, six to seven minutes or so. So I went ahead while they were on holes 12, 13, and 14. I'm watching all this. Thankfully, Jordan Spieth took an hour and a half to play the fucking 13th hole. So it gave me lots of time to get it all set up. So by the time they got to 15, I just started burning through v you know, VPN starter accounts, watching for six or seven minutes, using up all the data on that one, logging into the next one. And somehow, some way, it got me through to finally watching Jordan Spieth finish out on the 18th hole, which was really, really awesome. So it was a, a kind of a pain in the ass to watch the Open this year for me. But uh, I will know that next time I will just not be such a cheap little bastard and I'll just pay for my VPN like a normal person and uh, be able to watch it without uh, without issue. So that all being said, um, I, I'm actually going to throw it to a small little conversation I had with uh, my close buddy Mark, who is by no means a major golf fan, but he is the number one Matt Kuchar fanboy uh, that I know, so I thought it'd be fun just to get him on for a couple of minutes to finish this thing out, and to have him share a couple of his thoughts from what he, you know, he saw watching the tournament and what it was like for him to watch his boy. You know, not necessarily because you can't say he went down in flames. I mean, Matt Kuchar fought valiantly uh, in this tournament, and I think you know, under you know, what ninety five percent of the time he wins that tournament. You know, with the things the way they were after the thirteenth hole, but I mean, the guy ran into a goddamn buzzsaw. You know, Jordan Spieth had one of the most incredible back nine finishes in major championship history so you know if even if you're Matt Kuchar you can't really be that upset about it because I mean you saw someone who just played historically great golf you know that <laughs> I think there's guys who for a full 14 years uh kind of felt that way when Tiger Woods was at the top of his game where it didn't matter what they did it didn't matter how well they played it just wasn't enough and that was the case for Matt Kuchar on uh, on Sunday as well so well, I'll kick it off to Mark here for the last 10 minutes or so let him share some of those thoughts. But uh, until then, everybody, thank you again for listening. You guys are all amazing. 
And uh, yeah, I'll be back next week. Um, I don't know what we're gonna what it's gonna be on. I imagine it's gonna be uh, going a little bit more into detail on an article that was in this summer's issue of Golf Guide. We're gonna go over some of the best places to drink beer and play golf. So if you're into that kind of thing, I highly encourage you to be back next week. Uh, until then, here is Mark. You guys are awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. And to be fair, you know I've just got you on here because you're you know you're my go-to Cooch super fan. I mean I I I just need sure. to understand what sure. happened on Sunday through the lens of a Cooch super fan. I mean you you almost I almost kind of want you to take me through it. I mean when Jordan Spieth hits that god awful shot on 13, like as a guy who's just has no interest in seeing Jordan Spieth win whatsoever, what is going through your mind? Well, you know, first of all, I I, res- I respect Spieth's talent. He's an amazing talent. Um, we are Warriors supporters here on the, the Golf Guide podcast, and you know, Steph and Spieth are boys, so there is that yes, element yes. of respect I have. And his talent is ridiculous. I mean, I mean I, you know, I'm not pretending in any way to be a, a golf expert here for your listeners out there, but I do know that you know, going five under on the last five holes when you're 13 under for the entire tournament is pretty goddamn impressive. It's, um, yeah, it, 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 so, it's legendary-type <laughs> shit. Like, yeah, yeah, it was so from that from that standpoint like it was actually really impressive and of course Cooch being, you know, the absolute gentleman that he is was very very gracious in defeat and just from his body language and the way he took it, you know, he was he was equally impressed. Um and yeah, I mean, it's just Spieth is a more talented golfer than Matt Kuchar. I think that's basically what it came down to. Is it difficult to see a young whippersnapper like that, you know, take away, you know, my boy's best shot at a, at a major championship? I mean, hell yes, it is. Absolutely. Of course. But uh, and he was right there, man. He, he, I saw, so I watched the whole first, so just for, you know, those out there, I've been road tripping up through the Northwest and the, the Open comes on at odd hours. Um, and we've been, you know, seeing old friends and partying. But I did see a lot of his first round and a lot of his second round. I didn't see his third round. And then I woke up and saw like, you know, what the last essentially like the back nine on Sunday between the two guys. Basically. Yeah. Basically like the back nine, um, on Sunday, not probably, probably his last eight holes, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Um, and just from the initial start though, that he had, I was like, Hey man, this is, this is going well, you know, yeah. like he was, he was, I think he, I think he was, um, five under after the, for the first round or something like that. And, you know, just jumped out with that, the early pack there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked good. And then I, you know, night, you know, night two, I mean, nights for us, um, I was like, Hey, this is still looking good. And then I, you know, checked the final day and he was, you know, in that pairing. And I was like, Holy shit, man. Like this, this could, um, this might actually really happen. happen. Um, but obviously it didn't. So that was, that was just kind of how I went through it. Um, but, um, no, I mean, it was, it was there and he, you know, he's getting up there. So you worry that he, he might not get another crack at it, obviously like this may, that might've been it in terms of his best chance, you I know, mean, to win it through but, a 20 year career. That's, win, that's, that's, that's his best shot major. to date. For sure. Absolutely. I think, I think I was looking all of his best finishes are in the majors are all, you know, fifth and seventh and and third and now obviously second you know before this but 
he, he doesn't have any you know, problem finishing in the top 10 of really any tournament. He, he, he's, he, you know, he mm-hmm. is capable of going top 10 at any given moment at any tournament. It's just it's, it's that elusive championship. And to also be able to call Matt Kuchar the champion golfer of the year would, would have just made, been like an extra cherry on top of the, the sweet sauce Sunday for Matt Kuchar. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it would, it's, not the, it's not the PGA. It's one of the real three majors, Correct. too. So it would, have been, it would have been really cool. It would have been a great feather in his cap for his career. You know, that, like, that's the thing I feel like. If he's able to get that one major you know that, that one major then it's just like hey man that was because he's had like you said he's always a consistent you know a consistent money guy he's always right there making good cash and then if you you know get that major that cherry on top and more than a cherry it's like it's a career defining moment mm-hmm. um you know so that's that's the the search continues it really does um, and well, dude, when, when and, Steve and I, hit that crazy just unbelievably terrible tee shot on 13 and he's basically taken like 20 or 30 minutes to figure you know figure his shit out figure out where yeah. he's gonna drop goes out there at that particular moment when you see the wheels just starting to fall off on a scale from like one to ten what's what's your confidence level that cooch has got this thing in the bag uh, you know i i like i like we just went over i i be so good so i i was never super confident just and it's just because it's because what we were just talking about too. He hasn't done it. You know, it's not, it's, it's like any championship in any sport until your team's done it. You don't really have that, that confidence. Um, so I, I would honestly put it at like a six or a seven, just because of how close they were and the type of player that Spieth is. And yeah, his, you know, right. his, I mean, he got 23 years old, what, he's almost 24. And it's just like, I mean, he's unreal. So, um, I mean, he, it, Correct me if I'm wrong, but is he? I mean, I'll, I'll ask this to you: Is he, is he the most talented young player since Tiger? I would say no. I would say it was probably. Okay. I'd say well, I mean, it's, it's the thing. I, I would argue that Rory, at like a young age, even though oh, Rory sure. was like a year or sure. two older, but like that's the thing is like Rory, I think actually has more talent than Jordan Spieth, just because he can hit the ball longer, um, which you know should theoretically allow him to do more stuff. But Spieth's is such a good putter and he's so money from 200 yards and in that like he's better from 200 yards and in than Rory has ever been. But like Rory has the skills to be better than Spieth, but you know, you throw in, you know, you know, an engagement here, a broken off engagement there, a wedding there, you know, a lawsuit here and, you know, and Rory, you know, that, and Rory is where he is now. Whereas Jordan Spieth just seems like a very polite, focused, balding young man who just is very good at golf <laughs> he's I, I i respect him i like him i think he's a good guy yeah and speaking of putting when he hit that i don't know how far away he was but it was like holy shit that one in that that's actually kind of when i knew um that cooch was up against it yeah. for sure i mean it's just crazy because like the thing is i think instinctively like I love Cooch, but I think I was rooting for Spieth only because I'm always rooting to see like greatness. I always want to see the great players do mm-hmm. well because it just you know it. I I, I don't know. I, I just enjoy watching greatness. But I, I certainly it was one of those things where if Cooch had won, I would have been super pumped. But like I can't remember any situation, at least off the top of my head, where a dude had a one-stroke lead going the last five holes, plays the final five holes two under, and still basically gets smoked and doesn't have a chance in the last hole. Like that, that, uh, that was crazy. Like, uh, it's just, yeah, it was super crazy. So anyway, do, do, do you have any, do, do you feel confident at all that Cooch is going to get one of these things before it's all said and done? Oh man, I wish I could say yes, but like it's, 
we'll see. It's really, we'll see what he does in his response to that, to getting so close. Like, is it something that he builds on or was it a last for raw? That's, that's going to be something that, um, you know, we'll just have to look for in these, um, these next couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, if one of the big boys can't win, you know, the PGA championship, or one of the tournaments next year, Cooch is certainly my next, my next favorite option. I know he's your number one, so I mean, we, it, it, that goes without saying. Absolutely, yeah, he's been a Coocher fan since '97. Yeah, '97. Which is, I actually was winning back and watched. He was uh, an amateur. Yeah, I was looking back and watching. Uh, you know, reading about the uh, the match where he basically lost lost to Tiger in the '97 uh, or '96 yeah. '97 AM, and then it finishes the low low amateur at the 1998 Masters. And I was like, oh, I kind of do remember that. That's kind of wild. He was well. He was at the '97. Uh, he was at the '97 U.S. Open at uh, the Olympic Club as an amateur. Not, not, yeah, That's, so not, the '98 uh, U.S. Open as an amateur because he was. I think he was the low amateur. Oh, was at the '98? Yeah, yeah. Olympic so like Club? in 1998, I'm pretty okay, sure okay. he was the low amateur at the Masters and at the U.S. Open, and I think he won the 1997 U.S. Am. So I mean, he would do. He, he, I think he won the award for like the top collegiate golfer in the country in like '97 or '98. Hey, yeah, you know. So I mean, I mean, the, the guy knows how to play a little bit of golf. Oh, absolutely. I mean, come on. He's one of the 25 best players in the world for the last 20 years. You know, he's, he's amazing. He might be, you know, 22 or 23 on that list, but he's still in that, he's still pretty you know, good. elite group of amazing world golfers. So, absolutely. absolutely. Um, well, that's fantastic, man. Do you, do you have any last thoughts on, on, on the Open or uh, on, on Mr. Cooch before, you know, before I let you go and uh, continue your, your glorious Northwestern vacation? Um, you know, you want to crown Jordan Spieth and crown his ass. You know, he deserves it. So that was amazing. Uh, those are those are some wonderful thoughts to end on, Marcus. You are you're you are the man. Thank you very much, dude. All right, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, we're talking about a, a pooch major victory here in the next uh, you know year or so. Hopefully, earlier. Hey, you know what? I I'm on board. Sounds good to me. 